This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Let's fire it up again. This is our Free Agent Tracker podcast series here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. I'm Matt Taylor in studio with Bill Brooks and Lara Overton. And today we're talking all things Paris Campbell leading into NFL free agency as that unfolds starting on March the 15th. To this point, we've talked about Ashton Doolin, Bobby O'Karake, Dennis Kelly and Matt Pryor along the offensive line, Tyquan Lewis and Ben Banigou along the defensive line. But whenever we talk wideouts, Larry, we always have to welcome in the guy that's going to bring the heat, Billy Brooks, the <laughs> Ring of Honor wide receiver for your Indianapolis Colts. Billy, you ready to go with Paris? I'm ready to go with Paris. I, I like Paris. I'm ready to go. No question about it. L.O., this guy, he uh, had the breakdown on Ashton Doolin, so he did such a good job on the uh, first one at the wide receiver position, we had to bring him back. So let's fire it up here with uh, PC this past season. Paris played in all 17 games for the first time in his career compared to just 15 games through his first three years combined. We know the story there. Finished his career, or this past season, I should say, with career highs across the board. 63 catches, 623 yards receiving, three touchdowns, highlighted by a 35-yard game-winning catch and touchdown against the Las Vegas Raiders back in mid-November. So, Bill, we'll start with you. Naturally, what did you make of Campbell's season last year in terms of production and how he was used uh, throughout the course of the season. I think last year with Paris coming in, especially from the three previous years being injured, I thought he had a good season. I mm-hmm. thought a, a young man that went through a lot, um, not so much just physically he went through a lot, of course, unfortunate injuries that he had with a, a broken hand, a broken foot, a uh, knee injury at one time, then another broken foot in 2021. Coming in last year, doing what he did, uh, getting over the hump mentally mm-hmm. to me was more of a, accomplishment for him than uh, just the physical aspect. So I thought he played well. I thought he, thought he did a good job, especially with run after the catch. I thought he did some nice things in, in regards to running after the catch once he got the ball, especially as you talked about in that Las Vegas uh, Raiders game. He caught that one in route and took it to the house. He's gone. For a touchdown. He was gone. No one could catch him. He broke a tackle and no one could catch him. So I thought he did a nice job. And for him to have the confidence that he did last year and show it and, and show up in the games was tremendous for him. His consistency allowed us to see so much of what we heard about him coming out of Ohio State, namely that breakaway speed that he was known for. And it was able to finally be put on display a bit this season. And he also was able to establish himself as more of a consistent deep ball threat as well, which is a great compliment to what you were getting over the course of the season from Michael Pittman Jr. and from Alec Pierce. And you think about all of these things for Paris and how successful this season was just purely in the ability to stay healthy, be consistent, be available. And you mentioned his confidence. He was so candid at the end of the season. We had a pretty emotional conversation at his locker and he said, I promised myself I was going to start all 17 games. I made that promise to myself. He said, I never wanted anyone to feel sorry for me. He never drew upon that from what he's been through, but he said this meant a lot. He took this whole season very personally and imagine also 
what Paris Campbell would have done if he wasn't rotating through quarterbacks multiple times over mm-hmm. the course of the season. You think about he was able to be that type of force, that type of factor within the offense, and that was going back and forth between Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, back to Matt Ryan, back to Sam Ellinger, then to Nick Foles. You think about all of those factors. Yeah. Paris Campbell was your one consistent in all of that. I have to ask you that. I mean, put yourself in Paris Campbell's shoes. He talked openly about that. At the end of the season, it was tough. I mean, every, every week you're seemingly being asked to take on a different role or um, adjust to the different quarterback that's out there. I mean, as a wide receiver, Bill, how much does that matter? How much does that impact you? It impacts you quite a bit. It matters a lot because when you have a, a, a quarterback that you've been working with since training camp, Paris was working with Matt for the most part during training yeah, camp. Yeah, so like one, five weeks. Yeah, ones-on-ones are working together. And you get accustomed to that, and Paris was getting accustomed to Matt. Matt was getting accustomed to Paris. Sure. So you have a good feel for one another when you're going out to the games, and you have a little a sense that, hey, you know, this is what he's thinking, so I need to be here at this time. I need to do run my route this way. Mm-hmm. And for that, then to go back and forth as far as go from Matt to Matt to Sam, Sam to Matt, Matt to Sam, and then go to Nick and whoever's playing back there, it, it takes an adjustment, and you don't – actually feel as comfortable as you do if you're working with one quarterback all the time. So that's an adjustment. And for him to make that adjustment and actually play like there was no change of quarterback, he just played, kept on playing, and like Larry said, being very consistent, one of the most consistent receivers we had this year right. going out there playing. So give that young man a lot of credit. How much more do you think we can see or, or get out of Paris Campbell? If he does come back in free agency – I mean, what, what's his ceiling next year and beyond compared to what he showed this past season if he does have quarterback stability? I think with How quarter- much more is there? I think with quarterback stability and what you saw this year from Paris, I thought we got a taste of what he can do, especially with his speed. As we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, one of the plays I remember in, against Washington was the wide receiver screen that he caught on the sideline there, made a big play down the sideline. Getting right. the ball in his hands in the open field and short passes and, as Larry said, using his speed, that 4-3 speed that he has and getting uh, making big plays. So I think we could see a lot more of what Paris can do, especially after him playing 17 games yeah. and having the confidence now that he can go out there and do it in the National Football League. I think you can see more from Paris as he goes along. Yeah, Larry, double back to something you said. How much of last season for Paris Campbell? You talked about how – free he felt towards the end of the year he was liberated and just was in a better headspace how much of last year proved that he's not the guy from the first three years is is the stigma over now with Paris in terms of the injury label and all of that it certainly should be I mean when you look at not only the numbers that he put up but also the way that he approached the season. And he said, I know what's being said about me. I know people think I'm made of glass and they say I'm injury prone. And I get that there is that somewhat of a stigma surrounding what my career has been. He owned every bit of that and he drew motivation from all of that. And so I think that's one thing is sometimes you have guys who face the criticism and they hear it and and they almost build up more of a wall, right? They become less and less um, accessible, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because they don't Paris did the opposite. It was almost like the more criticism that there was or kind of the more, you know, curiosity there was about him. He just, okay, here, I'll tell you. Yeah, absolutely. This is the point that I was. And to revisit something that I know we talked about in game last season, Matt, but in case people haven't been aware of it, there was a point when Paris was coming back from his knee injury. I believe that was in 2020. Um, They all do kind of run together at some point. But it was (laughs) Mm -hmm. when he was coming back from his knee injury. 
And he got to a point in his rehab where he was not seeing progress. He had this sticking point. Bill, I'm sure you probably have felt that before where you're on track and you're seeing this and you're seeing progress. Then all of a sudden you don't get to, you don't check that next box. And he went to the trainers and he said, I'm not sure I can get past this. This this could be the end of it. He thought not because he wanted to be done with football, right. but purely because he didn't know if his body was going to cooperate to allow him to get to the point that he could play wide receiver in the National Football League again. They shut the door. He sat down with a few of the trainers. They had a very honest conversation, a bit of a come to Jesus, if you will. And they talked through it Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And so they were able to really hear him out, hear where he was struggling. And then they were able to come up with a plan for him from there. They had to go back. They had to take a few steps back, revisit a few of the things that they'd done earlier to be able to address that. And I felt like for him to say all of those things and to be that vulnerable was so important, not just for all of us to be able to hear, because he didn't know us, any of that. But I really felt like it was almost a cathartic thing for him to really just open himself up to letting people into a little bit of what this journey has been. So I don't think there should be any hesitations about Paris Campbell's viability moving forward whatsoever, not only because of the playmaker that he is, but also because of how important he was this season to that locker room. He was a steadying force over what was no lack of tumultuous season, you know. And thank goodness that didn't happen that way, right? His his career continued to go on. He continued to find a a good headspace to, you know, have the season that he had this past season. And we'll see how that, you know, translates into 2023, whether that's with the Colts or somewhere else in the National Football League. But since, Bill, you were on the topic of, of quarterback play, I mean, just what would it be like to have the same guy every week? What what a novel concept, right? But since the Colts are in a market or could be in the market for a quarterback in the draft, picking number four overall here at the moment, what type of quarterback potentially for next season best fits Paris Campbell if he's on the roster? Well, I think when you're looking at a quarterback, anytime you're looking at a quarterback, not just with any like Paris Campbell or any receiver, you want a quarterback that makes good decisions back there, first of all. He has to make good decisions. And then second of all, you want a quarterback that's going to be accurate, mm-hmm. especially with Paris Campbell going out there as far as throwing ball short to intermediate routes because I really believe getting ball, getting the ball in Paris Campbell's hands early and letting him use his speed to break tackles, get some yak yards after the catch, I think is a big plus for an offense. And I think so if you have a quarterback that can, of course, make good decisions back there. Right. Get the ball into Paris's hands when he's open. Let him make some big plays. But I, I think, I, not to interrupt you, yeah, but, but, but I think there's people listening to this podcast right now screaming at their, you know, Bluetooth speaker or in their car <laughs> driving. They're saying, "Well, why haven't we done that already? Why, um, why aren't we doing that now?" Well, right. Well, things happen. I mean, and we thought in the past we thought you were going to get uh, players that could do that, and right. you know, unfortunately, Paris has some unfortunate injuries that he wasn't available. Uh, this past three years uh, before 2022 season. So, right. you know, now that Paris is he- healthy and not knowing if he's going to be back or not, hopefully if he is back, the quarterback that we need to get, I think, is someone that's going to be uh, accurate, make good decisions back there. And, of mm-hmm. course, you want a quarterback that has a strong arm to get the ball down the field. Like you saw when Nick Foles threw it down to Paris and against the Giants right. when he made that catch down the middle of the field, uh, I don't know, 40 yards or so. Sure, yeah. And, and playmaking ability too, Larry. I mean, that's always the thing. I mean, when the, when the pocket is not perfect, I mean, Paris Campbell is one of those guys that can turn. It, 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 at that point, it's just backyard football. Like, yes. get, get he open. He can create plays. Get yeah, open absolutely. and create a play right. for a playmaking 
quarterback, like a Jalen Hurts or uh, a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or a Will Levis, depending on how the Colts want to play this and how uh, you know what route they want to go at the quarterback position. The next question I have for both of you guys, Larry, I'll start with you. For me, Paris Campbell, it, I think it's just it, it boils down to between either, in my opinion, Paris Campbell or Unique Ngakwe, depending on how you oh. feel oh. about either the <laughs> offensive priority or the defensive priority. But should, should Paris Campbell be the highest prioritized, most coveted in-house free agent for the Colts? I certainly think he should be up there. I yeah. think it's hard to say, you know, one person above any other. But I do – I think, yes, he, he should be given equal weight and equal consideration yeah. to anyone else is what I would say, especially when you have an offensive-minded head coach walking in the door and you look at the work that he's been able to do with developing a, and utilizing a wealth of different weapons within that Philadelphia Eagles offense and what he was able to do – the last two years with the group that he had, the group that he led there. It seems like that that would be something for Shane Steichen that would be intriguing to want to not only have uh, a playmaker with the ability and the style of receiver that Paris Campbell is, but also because of the veteran leadership that he brings, the steadying force that he is, because you've had Reggie Wayne as being almost that hybrid player coach that that group really needed because that group has had such veteran leadership for so many years when you had, you know, Reggie passing the torch to T.Y. and then T.Y. passing that off to kind of a combination of Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, I would say, as being the elder statesman of that group. And we did see Michael Pittman grow into a more vocal leader, more of a presence in a leadership role within that group. But I think those two guys work really well in complement to each other. And you have a lot of really young weapons within that group. Alec Pierce has a lot of growing to do he had some flashes I mean incredible moments in his rookie season but you know he's highly motivated to be able to grow so I think that the experience that some of the older guys can bring to that group is going to be really important especially should you have a rookie quarterback who's going to yes. need to lead on, that's lean it. on that's the it. supporting cast mm -hmm. surrounding him, that supporting cast of receivers, tight ends, running backs, offensive line, if you have good veteran presence in each of those areas, that can be a huge asset to the development of a rookie quarterback if that is the direction that they're going in 23. I, I agree. If you have some veteran receivers out there that, hey, no, this is what this is how we look at it. This is how we see the defense being run. This is how we see the defensive back playing us. These are the things that we can do. And if you have veteran leadership at wide receiver, that can help a young quarterback oh, as yeah. he comes into the league and get, get him kind of situated and make Just him feel a little bit more Think about all that responsibility that young QB potentially is going to have. Exactly. He's right? going to have to worry about the defensive line front. He's going to have to worry about the sliding of the offensive line. Where are they going to be? Where are I'm just talking like, where's the cafeteria? <laughs> 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 where's the equipment room? All, all that stuff. I agree. I agree. He, he, he's going to need a lot of help, but having some veteran – Leadership out there is going to help him tremendously, especially to get it acclimated and adjusted to the National Football League. Mm -hmm. You have veteran wide receivers out there. You have Michael Pittman. You have um, Paris coming back. That's going to help this young guy grow, and that's what you want. You want someone, some players out there that's going to help the young guy grow and get better each week, week in and week out. And if you have that, that's going to make the guy that much better, and also it's going to make the receivers that much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Bill Brooks and Lair Overton. We're breaking down Paris Campbell Lastly, for both of you, it's always a slippery slope when you try to predict uh, the free agent market and yeah. you know the values of other players on other teams and, and so on and so forth. But 
Lara, how, how much demand do you think there's going to be for a healthy now Paris Campbell, who's in a good space both mentally and physically? I think there could be quite a bit of demand. I was looking at a few of the different notable you know, wide receivers out there, and there are some good, intriguing names who are going to be available on the free agent market that a lot of teams are going to pursue. And, you know, we saw teams last offseason spend heavily in the free agent market. One thing I'm really curious about is – how aggressively does Frank Reich try to convince the Panthers to exactly. pursue Paris Campbell? I was thinking the same thing. Back <laughs> off, Frank! <laughs> Lay off! Uh, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, that's one. When you look at a team that needs that type of help within their offense, that's, and it would be an intriguing spot where I'm thinking of all of those because Paris doesn't have some of the, the clout and the name recognition that a lot of these other receivers do. Maybe hasn't had the consistency season over season as some of the others do. I believe Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, on that list of free agents this Jacoby year. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, a couple yeah. of different guys um, up there. So it makes sense that, you know, if Frank has a vision for building an offense, that could be a pivotal piece to what you're growing and you're building in that organization. So mm-hmm. I think you might, you know, have a little bit of competition for number one. I, I agree with you. I think so. And I think if you remember, Frank was very high on Paris coming in. He really liked Paris. He really wanted to use Paris in different ways. Oh, Jets, you still remember that, that fist bump and those high fives? In the draft room. After the draft. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So he's very yeah. high on Paris, very, uh, liked Paris a lot. And as Larry said, it said, if you can bring someone that knows your system, understands your system, bring them in there to help – get that system jump-started, Paris could be that guy for them, especially in the passing game. So someone that, hey, he knows what Frank's looking for. He knows what he, uh, he knows what Frank wants out of a wide receiver and out mm-hmm. of the offense. So he can be, be that guy. And I, I think outside of Carolina, I think there will be some other teams interested in Paris. I, think, I really think so because now they see that he can play 17 games. Mm-hmm. They see what he can do. And when you have that type of speed, and Larry, you know this, you can't coach speed in the National Football League. You can't coach that. You can't find that – everywhere in the National Football League. So when you, someone that has that speed, they can use Paris in a variety of ways mm-hmm. to get him uh, some explosive plays and get their offense some explosive plays. So right. I think Paris will get some interest from, from other teams. It's good stuff right there. That's the breakdown. Paris Campbell, the focus and subject of this Free Agent Tracker podcast. With Bill Brooks, Lair Overton, I'm Matt Taylor in studio. We'll do it again next week. Next week we're going defensive uh, secondary. Brandon Faison and Roddy McLeod in one vignette. And then we're going special teams, Matt Hawk and Chase McLaughlin. Those two guys on special teams, they are set to hit free agency as well. So, again, for Bill and Lair, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Free Agent Tracker podcast. More to come as we inch closer and closer to mid-March and the start of NFL free agency in the NFL New League year. Come back next week for more Free Agent Tracker podcasts here on the Colts Audio Network.